What's up, guys? Here with you with FC Wonderkid episode 83. Here with my guy, Bretson. How are you? <laughs> oh my gosh, we are all living in Killian Mbappe's world, are we not? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I don't even want to talk about the U.S. men's national team uh, leaving the round of 16 because Kylian Mbappe just rocked my world. That's for damn sure. Is Kylian Mbappe the best player in the World Cup until now, Bretson? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. I without a doubt. Agree. I mean, come on. He's, he, has, he, has, he has seven goal involvements in like a little over three games, three full games played. You know, because uh, he only had that 20 plus minute cameo in that weird loss against Tunisia at the end of the group stage. And he has done everything he can to make sure that France comes out on top um, and, and, and then some. And it's, it's just bonkers. Let's get the statistic out of the way. Uh, he now has nine World Cup goals and he now has nine World Cup goals before the age of 24, surpassing not by one goal, but by two goals. A certain guy named Pele, who we all hope is getting better right now at, at a hospital, getting better. But my goodness, Kylian Mbappe is That's ridiculous. Uh, just won a World Cup so far. That's ridiculous, yeah. man. And I completely mm. agree with you. Mm -mm. Kylian Mbappe is the best player in the world, in the world right now in football. Okay, it's no debate. And the two yeah. goals against Poland were golasos. And let's not forget he had an assist too. He had an assist too. Which Kylian yep. Mbappe's assist made Olivier Giroud the best, the top goal scorer ever in French history with 52 yep. goals too. So it's Mbappe, Giroud, Griezmann playing well, Chouameni playing well, and that left side with Theo Hernandez. Yep. Everything is locked in France now, man. It's going to be very difficult for England or Senegal, but England, <laughs> a, let's see, let's see who goes through, man. It's going to be very hard. And yeah, well, and, it's, just, and, it's Mbappe to Fial one day, right? <laughs> That's it, it, I mean, it's, it, it kind of has to be. I don't, I don't know of any real other logical step there unless some, somebody else uh, comes into a treasure trove of money or there's 500 other levers to pull. Uh, but listen, like, this this French national team would have had such a different feel with Karim Benzema, um, and and like we said, it was we it was really weird saying it, but it was like maybe it was for the Les Bleus, maybe it was for the better um, that mm. Karim Benzema did in fact get injured, mm. which is so bizarre to say because Olivier Giroud just fits a whole lot better. Um, with what they're doing and it's like 2018 not really all over again but come on Griezmann he might not be in 2018 form but he's pretty dang close and Kylian Mbappe who you know only had four goals in 2018 only had four goals in 2018 <laughs> he's now got seven goal involvements and he's looking like a guy that could take them at least all the way to the semifinals with no problem um, and the, cr the crazy thing here is that the other guys are stepping up on the field. True. You know, Teo uh, it has been absolutely phenomenal. Fuck. And Aurelian Shuamani has been absolutely phenomenal. I say that they've only really had some issues with maybe Loris, mm -hmm. maybe with, with the center back coupling, maybe, yeah. you know, and, and, and that's like, that's a good, good place to be at where you're in the round of 16. I'm sorry. You're in the quarterfinals and you haven't yet played your best football. 
Facts, facts. And it's absolutely crazy that France can win the World Cup with no Nkunku, no Mbezema, no Kante, yeah. no Paul Pogba, maybe no Varane, no Ferland Mendy even there. Like, the amount of talent yeah. that France has is absolutely ridiculous. And Mbappe is, is absolutely taking the lead. So, people, tell us down below. Do you agree with us that Kylian Mbappe is the best player in the world? Until, like, right now in football... Tell us in the comment section. We want to see that chat. But Bretton, aye, man. Yeah. My condolences for what happened with the Netherlands, man. <laughs> you guys played very yeah. well. You Like the U.S. in this World Cup, they impressed me and the whole world, definitely. The impression that you yes. guys are leaving, the youngest team in the World Cup, the U.S., with the youngest mm -hmm. captain, too, with Tyler Adams, you guys mm -hmm. went bold. And you represented CONCACAF the right way, in my opinion, Bretton. Ooh. Yeah. Well, it, it it didn't take much to represent Concacaf the right way the right way in this particular <laughs> World Cup because Concacaf did not show up and and there is going to be need to be considering none of us have a qualifying campaign and by none of us I mean Canada Mexico and the U S before 2026 there's going to need to be some big competitive decisions made in order to get the opponents that are necessary to make sure that this this form from CONCACAF as a region doesn't replicate itself. But listen, um, I think we were outcoached by Van Gaal. Uh, I think uh, the, the, the Dutch knew kind of where to poke and prod, um, and they were absolutely clinical with the mm -hmm. chances they got. And, and it showed kind of, uh, hey, we, we took maybe a few steps forward, mm. um, but at the same time, we, we played with a little bit of naivete. Um, I mean... We housed in, you ready for this? We housed in like 94 crosses when we don't even have an established nine <laughs> that can get on the end of them. Um, I mean, to get the negatives out of the way, Christian Pulisic, while he was phenomenal with three goal involvements in four games, he was also atrocious on set pieces. Absolutely atrocious on set pieces. And that was a large portion of the 90 crosses that went into the box with nothing to necessarily show for it. Um, nothing to take away from a tournament that he had that was very good, that could have ended an injury mm -hmm. and didn't. Um, but Louis van Gaal knew um, he unfortunately made a lot of the guys that were heroes in the group stage. He made them look a little bit silly in that, that USA versus Netherlands uh, game. You know, Tyler Adams lost his man on that first goal mm -hmm. uh, on the, on the second goal. Well, Eunice Musa was at fault a couple times for not covering uh, Anthony Robinson, Jedi Robinson, also lost his mark uh, on that third goal that really took chances. the wind out of our sails. Yeah, so it 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 uh, it is one of those things where like maybe it's for the better uh, mm -hmm. as a young squad. You got to learn from that because while we did um, create chances, while we did uh, actually, uh, I wouldn't say dominate because it was part of the Netherlands plan to let us have the ball and then hit us on the counter. Um, but we did play good football yeah. for the most part. Well, um, the U.S. So, lost with Zimmerman and Tim Ream at the back. Yes. And it's the old players yeah. that made the fault, in my opinion, with the U.S. men's national team. Again, you, yeah. the midfield is amazing. McKenny Musa. Tyler Adams, way up forwards, and Pulisic was not the best in the last game, too. But, like, no. next World Cup, like, Gio Reyna and Musa will be 23-24. Gagas yeah. will finally be starting in goal, in my opinion. And at the back, you will have Chris Richards available, okay? So, there is positives. Whoa. Like, hopefully, hopefully. 
But how yeah. different do you think yeah. this U.S. team's gonna look? I I think the core will be the same, and there's gonna be like Paxton Aronson maybe right there. You're gonna have right. like yeah. little, little changes, no? Yeah, I I, 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 I wouldn't even really call it. I, I would say that they're fundamentally the way that our development has been working in terms of kind of an exponential feel mm -hmm. to our output and the academy's really starting to rev up. Mm -hmm. uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a whole lot more change than you think, Ooh. right? Uh, the, the the bigger thing is going to be, you know, names that we probably wouldn't even think are on the radar will kind of creep their way in. True. It's going to be really hard to knock out a Musa McKenney uh, and Adams if they're still playing at their, you know, at Musa. their peak, right? That's and nice. and Musa in particular, I mean, the, the kid is barely, he just turned 20 at the beginning of the tournament. Nice. So like there, there's, there's just so much ahead of this group, but I, I am, I am very, very bullish on the next four years, not just with this group, mm -hmm. because I'd be, I'd be happy to take a very similar team to 2026, but uh, I am more bullish on the developmental pipeline uh, that I'm pretty confident uh, that I could sit here and I could list 10 or 15 guys that could develop into something big uh, moving forward. And that's that's probably for another day, maybe in early <laughs> 2023, when we kind of take our, uh, our last looks at this World Cup and the effect of it. Um, but listen, the, the, the questions still stand. Yeah, I mean, where's our nine? Because... A lot of the bigger issues was you got a lot of half chances. You got a lot of fun interplay at the top of the box. Mm -hmm. None of it was ever followed up with any real incisive shooting, any real occupation of the two center backs in order to open up even more space mm -hmm. for the interplay between a McKinney, a Musa, and a Pulisic. So it kind of comes down to like, yeah, is it going to be Ricardo Pepe? Is it going to be the, the the you know guys like Daryl DK and Jordan Pifok and 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 guys that just didn't get the chance because Jesus Ferreira I, I like him as a major league soccer player I think he is going to do great maybe moving up to a middle of the table mm -hmm. uh, European team at some point but he's not the guy Pepe, he's clearly not the guy Pepe you know has it. so Pepe yeah has it. Uh, Groningen is showing it now I yeah, really yeah, believe I the development I think he's the best player that can go as striker for 2026 until now. From what we're yeah, seeing. Yeah. So, yeah, those but, are the three players. Pepe, Gaga, but, uh, and Chris Richards. I got to give a little love to the Dutch because the Dutch Definitely. played they, they, they played very well. Um, Denzel Dumfries <laughs> is a hell of a player. Facts. I'm going to say it. I, I don't know. I, I know his time at Inter hasn't exactly made him, like, a fan favorite necessarily. Wow. But Denzel Dumfries for the Oranja, um, uh, he, he was a handful. I mean, nice. he was involved in pretty much everything. Uh, Jurian Timber, uh, while he hasn't been like lights out, Mr. Center back this whole tournament, he has done enough to to make himself, uh, I yeah. mean, a Cody whole Gakpo. lot better in my eyes. Cody Gakpo and Cody, star. Cody Gakpo. The star of the Netherlands, definitely, in my opinion. And like that makes yeah. me think Cody Gakpo now is going to 100% get a move to the yeah. Prem and Man United with Eric Ten Hag. Malasia being there too. Like the pattern is the same. Eredivisie to Man United. Lisandro Martinez, Anthony, yeah. Malasia, Cody Gakpo is just up next in my opinion. Yeah. And even Depay. Even Depay. Uh -huh. I, will, I wouldn't be shocked if Depay is, would be considering a move to Man United to Eric Ten Hag. Because Depay for the oh. Netherlands is okay. a hell of a goal scorer, okay? He's the second in top goal scorer, okay, in the history of the Netherlands. And I think he will top. Yeah. 
he will top eventually and become number one. And that is one oh. crazy bold stat for Memphis Depay because he doesn't even play for Barcelona. <laughs> I know, I know. It, it's 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 pretty unreal. And Memphis Depay, uh, I, I don't, you know who Charles Barkley is because I know you're an NBA guy. I know uh, Charles Barkley. Never he decided to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, come on. He was a Philadelphia 76er. I got to give him a little bit of love. But uh, he tried to get on that USMNT bandwagon, and uh, Memphis Depay shut him up uh, by reposting his his video uh, and and basically saying uh, of the U.S. men's national team, no, uh, all what is it? All bark, no bite. All bark, no bite Ooh, is what he said. I could see that by going um, to the MLS in the future, man, because he's got that I hype culture. That. He was a rapper. He is a rapper, too, I think, on the <laughs> side, just like Rafael Yao. Yeah. So I think that by his he, he was. I could see. He it. was once engaged. He was once engaged, I believe, to uh, Steve Harvey, who is uh, a, a uh, American comedian and family feud host. Yes. Uh, his. Not not engaged to Steve Harvey. That's ah, that's interesting. Like, but engaged yeah. to Steve Harvey's daughter. Like Michael B. Jordan. To Steve Harvey's daughter. Like yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Something like that. So I don't know. And Mike, but, oh my days, man. Even the same girl. But, that's a hype nation, man. Guys, but one days. more one more shout out from that USA Oranha game. Mm-hmm. Uh Shabby Simmons, Talk man. Shabby Simmons going from uh the guy that everybody was trying to literally label already as some washed up former wonder kid to going to PSV turning into an indispensable part of their attack along with Cody Gakpo to getting called up to the Aranha and then to becoming uh, a world cup debutante uh, for the Aranha under Louis van Gaal, which says a lot as well, Mm because that guy's a hell of a coach. Um, You got to give him a little love for, for getting that time in there. So, uh, I uh, listen. I wish the Netherlands the best um, the rest of the way. They're going to have a tough contest uh, against Argentina. Um, but you know, for some final words on the U.S. because we'll talk about this moving forward. Mm-hmm. But for some final words on this, yeah, I, this was a step forward. I, I think I think everybody, <laughs> for the most part, sees it as a step forward. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg Berhalter, in some ridiculous slideshow that he showed to the team, said that he wanted to change the way the world perceived American soccer, American <laughs> football. Uh, have, has he gone as far to do that? No, I would say not. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means for me that um, we need a new voice. We need a new coach heading into the next four years, uh, three and a half years. And we need somebody that's going to maximize the talents here um, and and continue to build the pipeline out uh, so that we have depth, so that we have true depth all across the board. um, Because this is, I still believe, and maybe I'm a little biased, but based on our demographics, this is a sleeping giant um, that one day can fulfill uh, its, its promise. But we're not there yet. I, We're I not agree. there yet. I agree, but I still yet. think it's it's a risky move because the group seems to love Greg Bellhalter. But us as fans want to see them progress. And I do agree. But do you have any yeah. name of a, of a coach that you would replace with? Like Bielsa? Would you go oh with a gosh. Bielsa for the U.S. men's national team? Something like that? Yeah, I said that like the real issue there, the real issue there. I, obviously, you can't question his ability as a coach, but the real issue there 
is uh, there's a there's a double-edged sword in the sense that you get the quality as a coach and and the ability to win now mm-hmm. but you also need somebody that can understand the youth academy landscape the pipeline the the mm-hmm. still having to build grassroots football the the still having to develop we got beat literally by fundamentals essentially right mm. like fundamentally sound things that we should getting not not getting beaten on the far post not losing your mark in transition right we got beat by that okay mm. so it really kind of comes down like we don't necessarily need a miracle worker we need somebody to continue and build on the progress and that's why i think we could talk about the bielses of the world we could talk about all these big names uh internationally but when it comes down to it i think more realistically you're going to see like a jesse marsh Ooh. or you're going to see like you're going to see like a uh, jim Curtin from the philadelphia union uh potentially get a shout as somebody that could do it. Although I feel like there needs to be a European football step somewhere in between there before he does that. But Bruce arena didn't needed it before he didn't need it before he became one of the more legendary coaches in us uh, history. So mm. I honestly, I'd have to really chew on that one more Alex, because it, it's, it's a tough question because this is a program. I think you're going to see a lot of international um just, just don't bring in Jurgen Klinsmann and we're all good. Oh, but uh, like, yeah, Paul, <laughs> there you go. Paul Interesting. You never know, never know, man. But yeah, I yeah put, he, but people put down below, who do you believe should be the next coach of the U.S. men's national team? Put some inspiration yeah. there. We want to see some bold shouts in the comment section. But now we have a big topic in this podcast, episode 83. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really interesting because there was a ton of research I had to do. And it's like, it's the best 11 <laughs> of the group stage people, okay? I have seen no videos online about this. because So we got to go bold with this topic. But before we say our best 11, put down below uh. who should, must, who should and must be in our best 11 that we're going to announce now, okay? Names yeah. that we're forgetting, like, put down below. We want to see those names. So... Oh yeah, my gosh. <laughs> Want to start? Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, my, I'm going to tell you right now, my uh, tactic or whatever you call, like how I'm setting this up is so out of whack, mm. but it's kind of like what I've seen so far, okay. but starting with defense, it's pretty simple. Well, I, you know, I've tactic? got four. In, what's the, uh, what's... Mm, I mean, I'm still going to call it a four, three, three. Ah, so I got but, a four, two, three, one, four, two, three, one, me. Oh, so you have, you have an out and out striker? Yeah, yeah, I have one strike. Well, he's not. Yeah, I've got a guy. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've, got, I've got a guy. Like, like that's what I was wrestling with. And you know me, I'm not Mr. Tactical Genius here. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm just trying to essentially fit who I think deserves to be in there. But man, mm-hmm. was it a lot harder? Was it a lot harder than I expected? I thought that this was going to be a slam dunk, and it's, it's, it's in not. Midfield, it's hard. Um, in midfield, it's hard. There's a couple it, of names. It really here. is. And I just want to say, really like is. Amrabat, Kudus. Like this yeah. uh, Enzo, there's a ton of midfields, midfielders that in this World Cup, their perspective is completely changing. Even Moises Caicedo, yeah. Pedri, Gavi, Musiala, so many talents are playing so well in this World Cup. Yeah. But okay, I'll get yeah. to it with the goalkeeper. So on my end, I had to go yep. with the best goalkeeper in the group stage. No doubt in my mind, it was Chesney. Okay, Chesney yeah. saved two pens, two crucial pens for Poland, mm-hmm. one against Saudi Arabia and another one against Messi. And if he didn't save one of those pens, Poland wouldn't have gone through in the World Cup. And it, yeah. it would have been Mexico. So, yeah, he's my shout at 
the goalkeeper. <laughs> and 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 I 100% agree with you. My shout at goalkeeper is Chesney as well. Um, and I know I know it's weird because we just came from watching him give up three to France. Uh, but when it comes down to it, I, I beyond the two penalty saves, one which was against Leo Messi, right? Mm-hmm. Beyond the two penalty saves. Um, he also had, I think he averaged like six saves a game and had to save double digit, uh, double digits within the penalty box, within the penalty area. Okay. So it wasn't like, you know, this was just him collecting a bunch of, you know, random things. No, he kept pulling in the group stage and, uh, he kept pulling, uh, for as long as possible in that round of 16 game. Uh, so Chesney deserves it. And I bet a lot of Juve fans out there are going like, yeah, can you bring that form back to us, please? Because we need it. <laughs> yeah, true. True. Juve. And Juve, that's a sock the whole director's man. New times of Juve. Agnelli mm. out. There's finally hope with Juve, in my opinion. But I like or, there's, or there's jail sentences and, uh, you know, financial penalties. I don't know. I, I mean, is this, is this Juve... That. Juve relegation redux. This is scary. It's scary stuff. But but a couple just beyond before we move through the goalkeepers, uh, there were a couple other like it, it was crazy. There were goalkeepers that had two phenomenal group stage games and then like one kind of stinker. Uh, Unai Simone for for Spain uh, against coast uh, against. Um, uh, I forget which game was not very good, but he had two great games, one bad game. Uh, Ganda for Japan had two great games, one bad game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one, but one um, one performance that really stood out for me was actually uh, Devin Epesi, Epesi mm-hmm. um, for Cameroon in that final game versus Brazil. Uh, he really stood on his head. Uh, so I just wanted to make sure I said his name, even if I butchered it. Uh, he, that that game, like. That massive win over Brazil, Abu Bakar's goal at the end of the game wouldn't have meant anything if Epasi did not keep them in it, uh, especially True. after that whole Andre Onana craziness where he was the starter mm-hmm. and then he was asked to do something different and he said, Nope, I'm out of here and took a jet away from Qatar. Uh, so it's true, it's true. Chesney. It's true. That was that was mad, man. That was mad what happened to Onana. Yeah. A feud with the manager was rumored. So yeah, do you agree mm. with us with Chesney? Tell us down below. So, my defense, I went. Yeah. <laughs> so, Chesney in goal, Teo Hernandez at left back, Konate, okay, with Guardiola oh, okay. at center back, and at the right, Hakimi. And I want to give a shout to Pep. Pep for Portugal, at 39 years old, is being one of the key pieces of our team. And it's absolutely mad the longevity of this man. He has to be mentioned more as a leader. It's not just Cristiano Ronaldo in that locker room that leads the team. Pep is yep. there too. So I want to give a shout to to Pep. But he's uh, <laughs> it's a good shout. And you and I have uh, 75% of our defense is the same. Mm. Okay. Uh, I have one center back that's different. So left back, <laughs> Teo. Center back, I've got Josco Gavardiol. And listen, um, Gavardiol is 20 years old. Jeez. 20 years old i mean he's all, <laughs> I, I, I mean it's it's unreal it, it absolutely Thanks. is unreal and he was the only convincing player for croatia against uh belgium, belgium. and uh belgium probably should have had some goals still but gavardi all you know was gavardi on lukaku 
uh, were the the bigger reasons why um, Croatia kept that uh, a clean sheet. But Gavardiol, I I can't even fathom what he's going to be like in the next you know four years, but, six years, eight years. He's going to be an absolute boss. Who gets yeah, him? It's true. Your city true. gets Gavardiol in your th- in your opinion. I mean, I gotta put Boley is not letting things go by him. I gotta put him in in the front seat right now because uh, you know he's he's already gotten Kunku in the bag, which we'll talk about later. Uh, and and now Gavardiol, my guess is like he's not letting that go. Eighteen million uh, so, minimum. Oof. Wow. <laughs> but who's wow. another center back? Um, all right, so left back, I've got Teo. Center back, I've got Josko Gavardiol. My other center back is. Mm. Kaladu Koulibaly from Senegal. <laughs> okay? I thought you were going to say McGuire. I really thought the, you were going to say McGuire. I know. I, that's that's why the dramatic pause came in. <laughs> but believe it or not, well, and my right back, let me finish that, is Akraf Hakimi. Okay? Jeez. So the only one I've got different to you is Kaladu Koulibaly. I thought he took the, the, the one goal he had, right? Um, I thought he took that phenomenally well. Uh, come on. Coming into this without Sadio Mane as a leader mm. on the pitch, uh, I don't think it, he was given enough credit um, for for being the glue defensively uh, in Senegal's uh, you know uh, yeah. run to face England now in the round of sixteen. Uh, so uh, here's the thing: is that like it was incredibly level for me uh, between Koulibaly, uh, between Konate, and between uh, Roman Saïs uh, of Morocco, uh, because I thought Saïs um, a little more than Amrabat, in my opinion, was the guy for Morocco that kept that uh, central defense really, really intact. Uh, And I got another quick shout out for you because this one was bonkers. Mm. We thought all thought Eric Garcia was going to be the guy right for Spain. Uh, But in in, in turn, it ended up being who? Robbie at center back. Yep. Yeah. And a quick shout out to him because I, I completely missed this in that final game that they lost in that final game that they lost um, in the group stage. Rodri set a record for most passes completed in a World Cup match Ooh. with 204. That's bold. 204. That's a Pep Guardiola type player, clearly. It is. <laughs> and, and he completed he completed 95%, okay? Mm. And it's the first time, if you go to SofaScore, which mm. we use sometimes, we use a lot of different stat programs, but SofaScore... Uh, it is the first time that they've ever registered, period, in any competitive match that they've ever registered somebody having 200-plus passes completed in a game. Literally, if you divide that by 90, that's like a two, what is that, a two and a quarter passes per minute. minute. That's mad. That he had. That's mad. That's Everything flowed through Rodriguez. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And he has Busquets in front of him. So that just yeah. shows the importance that Rodri has in this team. But I love how the fact Crazy. that we have the same fullbacks. So it's clear as day yes. that the best fullbacks in the group stages were Teo Hernandez for France and Akimi for Morocco. Both, if yeah. they weren't playing, I, like the teams wouldn't play yeah. so well, definitely. Especially Akimi yeah. for Morocco. Like he's an yeah. icon, Moroccan icon already, man. And he reminds yeah. us how good he is. Because at PSG, it's Nunmin and Akimi, and both are so bold. So it's it's true it's true and uh just a couple more shout outs here because virgil mm-hmm. van dyke stood stood in the back i mean I, I wouldn't say he had too 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 much to do except against ecuador mm. um uh, i'm gonna give him love i know you won't but harry Maguire oh. has had himself a good group stage Man. uh but there's another there's another <laughs> there's another harry out there that deserves uh, a little more credit 
Um, Australia would have not gotten through their group stage if it weren't for that big boy uh, in the back, six foot six, six foot seven. Harry Sutter um, was immense, absolutely immense for them. Um, and then the only other shout out I got to give because I don't give England enough shout uh, so far is mm. Kieran Trippier has been uh, phenomenal for England. And Luke Shaw has been pretty good on the left for them as well. It's just they really haven't had to do well too, too much, I guess. True. But we'll true. see. I think yeah. both. I think both are good shouts. Yeah, I think the fullbacks aren't disappointing for England. I agree. I agree. Trippier yeah. too. Trippier seems to be with Southgate a player that always plays well. Always plays yeah. well. So I think yeah. that's a reasonable show. Okay. So <laughs> with your defense, so just ending up, my defense has Chesney, Teo, Konate, Gvardiol, and Akimi. Yours has mine is Teo, Gvardiol, mm-hmm. Kulabali. And Hakimi. Okay, so the center back, that's where we defer. But tell us down below your best defense. So I said I had a four two I right, a four two three one. So my yep. two midfielders, I went very defensive, but for me, these are the two best midfielders in the group stage, in my opinion. Well, three. I'm gonna say the other one. I'm gonna okay. put Chuameni, Kazmir, and Brun Fernandes. This is the best <laughs> midfield in my opinion, in the group stages, in my opinion, in this World Cup. Too many for France, absolutely vital. Brun Fernandes with two goals, two assists, must be yep. in the talk. And yeah, Casemiro for Brazil, Pff, best player. And somewhere, and somewhere to Eric Ten Hag is smiling, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that, that's, a lot of, uh, that's a lot of Manchester United in that midfield, and I'm going to say it right now. I that's my midfield. Not... Oh, what? You have the same midfield. Yeah. That's my midfield. <laughs> we didn't talk. We swear, I, I swear we didn't talk before about our teams, man. That's your same it's, midfield. It's crazy. I didn't even notice that there were two Man United players there. <laughs> hell, hell, it would have been better for me to have a different midfield because we'd have something more to talk about. But no, I mean, Casemiro only played two games, but they didn't concede a goal. They barely even conceded shots when Casemiro was in. He also mm-hmm. had that rifle of a goal. Shuamani has stepped up. I mean, Sucks. immensely stepped up. I think we all expected it, but it's another thing when it happens. Like, this is a young guy. This is not, mm-hmm. you know, this is, it's really impressive what he's doing. I don't think people understand right. that, right? To have the, the, the weight of what Les Bleus uh, represents after 2018's uh, victory, mm-hmm. to have that curse, to have everything come in, to have Pogba go out, to have N'Golo Kante go out, and to have everything fall on your shoulders like that's a big deal and to do it at Real Madrid and then also do it in the French national team shows you that this guy was just primed to take that next step up um and 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 Bruno has in my opinion um as is yours I believe has obviously been Portugal's best player so far I agree um, totally so that lot to yeah. shout to him when he plays when he plays mm. When he plays. <laughs> so, well, a, a okay, couple have... other shout outs. Mm-hmm. Just a couple other shout outs there. I mean, Pedri, obviously. Uh, uh, I mean, everything is also run through him. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got to give some love to Jamal Musiala, who was mm-hmm. the XG, the XG factor for Germany, even if they couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. And my goodness, <laughs> is his future just dizzying at how promising it is. I'm going to give a little love. Before I give love to Enzo, I'm going to give a little more love to Alexis McAllister because he has turned in um, really good performances, even if they haven't been, um, you know, best 11. Uh, He has turned in really good performances. Amrabat, as we talked about previously for Morocco, and Tyler Adams 
I have to give a little love because even though he misstepped in that round of 16 game in the group stage, as went Tyler Adams, uh, the U S men's national team followed. So I was very, very hyped um, to Mm. see him have such a good tournament. And then Ayo Tanaka for uh, Japan did not get really any love from anybody in the group stages. Well, he's getting love from me right now. So we got Tanaka. So player midfielders that we should give shouts for this World Cup. We have Tanaka, as you said, Kudus, yep. Amrabat, yep. Enzo Fernandes, Moises Caicedo, Arrascaeta. Okay, I think he deserves that shout. You said Tyler yeah. Adams too, Pedri, Musiala. Yep. And who am I missing? Uh, da, 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 da. No, I think Alexis McAllister. Yeah. Uh, Gabi, yeah, Gabi. I mean, Caicedo maybe, uh, yeah. That's so a lot Cachedo. of midfielders. Caicedo, a lot of. I would have loved to have seen more of Caicedo. I true. really would have loved to have seen more of him. But yeah, yeah. um, a lot true. of midfielders. I mean, you could throw Yunus Musa in there too, I like but that. um, I like and yeah. Bellingham. Bellingham. I don't know. Bellingham. Oh, and Let's Jude. <laughs> Jude, of course. Jude Bellingham. Let's not forget oh. Jude Bellingham. I, 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 and I'm sure a lot of people have them. In the best eleven in the group stage, yeah. I would, and, and I won't, I won't yeah. be crazy going against that because that that, no. does, that does make sense. So no, three, I the, mean mm-hmm, the three yep. forwards. No, nope, go ahead, go ahead. Yes. <laughs> so the three forwards now. I'm gonna say at right wing, I'm gonna put Cody Gakpo because I think Cody Gakpo is translating okay. the form of PSV right to the Netherlands. Okay, with so many goal involvements, he's got like more than thirty goal involvements this season. Matching the likes mm. of Erling Haaland. So that is such a bold shout. And Cody Gakpo is going very bold. I got Mbappe at left wing. I think Mbappe is the best left winger in the world okay. of football right now. No debate. Nine goals scored in the yeah. World Cup. He keeps going bold. And like Maradona for people to have like a comparison has eight goals scored in the World Cup. And Maradona is the goat for many people. Crazy. At 23, Mbappe has yeah. nine. So, and my striker, I put Messi in that false nine. So, for me, Messi, yes, he missed two pens. That, for me, is... If it was Ronaldo, sure. it would be tragic, okay, that that happened. Yeah. But Messi went very bold, uh-huh. not considering the pens. He, he saved Argentina yeah. what they need, and he inspired the team. He inspired Enzo. He inspired Julian Alvarez, and that's what they needed. It wasn't Angel Di Maria, like, yeah. in the final of the Copa America, saving the day. It was nope. Messi. So he is in my best 11 of the group stage. Tell you what, though, Julian Alvarez uh, wants a little <laughs> piece of this in the round of 16. So I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be watching him the rest of the way. But mm-hmm. uh, wow. OK, yeah. So that that search for striker, mm-hmm. um, you, you were you were you had the same trouble that I had finding an out and out striker. We know Messi sometimes lines up up top. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, he obviously comes back into the midfield. I mean, uh, kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh, not not that crazy. So uh, you and I have a very similar up top. Mm. We're only different on the on the wing, on the right wing. Uh, so my left wing is killing Mbappe. And and just to just to add to what you said, like mm-hmm. he has already matched. He has already matched Eusebio. He's already matched wow. Davi Villa. He's already matched Roberto Baggio. He's already matched Leo Messi. Okay, um, and this kid is 23 years old. I don't think anyone realizes how bad. I don't know. I don't want to curse. Uh, how insane that that statistic is that this kid um, at 23 years old has already dropped nine World Cup goals and added a bunch of assists 
on top of that. I mean, next up, he's coming after Mueller. He's coming after Batistuda. He's coming after Klinsman, Gerd Mueller, Jus Fontaine, and then Miroslav Klosa. He should have Miroslav Klosa by 2026 if all goes well. Right? So, <laughs> so it, it's yeah. – it's, I think so it's unreal. Like, I don't think we realize how insane not only uh, Mbappe has been for PSG from a goal-scoring perspective, but he hasn't mess- match- eh. he hasn't met Ronaldo or uh, Messi on those levels, but he is already surpassing some of those levels um, from the international perspective. And, it, and to do it with Les Bleus is absolutely insane um because of the depth uh that's around mbappe is otherworldly right now okay nice. and and watch him get knocked out in the quarterfinals you never know <laughs> or the uh, semis against uh, us if we get to the there, to that there stage. you go so my left wing is killing mbappe my mm-hmm. my striker slash false nine is leo messi as well mm-hmm. um and uh as a right wing, I'm, I'm going with continued Morocco love here. Mm. Hakim Ziyech, I, I love the narrative of what has happened, of him coming back in, of him giving, you know, getting given another chance, uh, and of him being the glue and the reason why they topped that group and why they, why they are facing, um, I don't know, I mean, they're, they're facing a pretty good perspective matchup against Spain. Uh, I really, really like this team, and we'll see what happens. So Hakim Ziyech... Uh, makes his way in there, but my goodness, to keep Griezmann out of here, to keep uh, Ritsu Doan, Gakpo, Valencia, Karemi, Rashford's three goals. My goodness. Manchester United is having an amazing (laughs) World Cup. It's true. Are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) Are you serious right now? It's true, man. It's fact. It's it's crazy. It's for me the shouts I'd give that are not in my 11 forwards. Would be Jean Felix. I think Jean Felix has had moments. Uh, Bubakar, okay. uh, mm-hmm. Valencia, and Rashford. I think Rashford is is he's. Th- I think Rashford's balling out because Rashford knows he can get that contract extension when he returns to Man United, yeah. and that would make a huge difference in confidence, in my opinion. And- he would consolidate his future at the club, and that gives yeah. confidence to a player. That does. That does. Um, well, here's the here's the crazy thing because you know, outside of Casemiro, we didn't have any Brazilians really in the best eleven, um, and they made their way through. And uh, mm-hmm. you gotta feel like the knockout rounds um, now is the time as any now is the best time out of any uh, for guys like Vinicius or Rodrigo or Neymar who has been cleared to play against South Korea mm-hmm. uh, for them to start really going bolt because this is where their tournament starts right um so i'm going to be really interested to see whether or not Vinny uh vinny turns things up uh in this Uh, round of six but i think neymar neymar is back though neymar is going to return for the game against south korea and that's a massive boost and if neymar is the same neymar as we saw in that copa america final for the south korea game yeah the Jets are going to start and the people are going to go bold. It's going to be good times to see this Brazil team. But you, we're not, we didn't mention a lot of Brazilian players, it's true. But I want to give a list, last shout saying the best goal of the group stage was no mm. doubt in my mind, Richarlison's goal. Richarlison went so bold with that first touch and then that volley. Yeah. Like for me, that is going to be one of the biggest memories of this World Cup. 
And it's clearly the Ancelotti effect from Everton. He changed the mentality of Richarlison to become a goal scorer. So I want to give him a shout too, because what yeah. a player he is now. What a player. That's a good, that's a good shout. Um, one other random shout uh, mm -hmm. before we, before we move on um, in that Argentina, Australia game, mm. uh, Australia gave Argentina everything they could. Okay. And, and they, they honestly, they made it pretty dang interesting in those last 10 minutes. Mm. Um, and I got to give a little love to Garang Kuol, uh, oh, who yeah. at 18, at 18 years old, he became the youngest ever to play in a world cup knockout match since guess who? Pele. <laughs> exactly. Since Pele. Um, I mean, how's that for company? That's um, so Kuol so will move on to Newcastle now that Australia's uh, time is done. Kuol mm -hmm. um, will move on to Newcastle, and it'll be interesting to see uh, if his development um, kind of goes stratospheric, exponential from here, or whether or not it stalls out. Yeah. Uh, but it was interesting to see that. And, and that kind of gives me a segue into who is your best young player at the tournament so far? Jamal Musiala. I think Jamal okay. Musiala deserves that crown. Or Kvardiol, okay. because Kvardiol yeah. was instrumental for Croatia. Those, for me, are the two youngsters that were definitely the highlights of the tournament. Or Gavi at uh, given um, moments. I don't... I, I'd maybe say him. Given moments. At given moments. Uh, absolutely, at given moments. And I'd throw Jude in there and Enzo mm -hmm. in there if we're going to go U21. Enzo obviously had a good effect, although he was the... I believe he was the, um, was it Lissandro or was it Enzo I that led to that uh, uh, Enzo, 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 it was Enzo's okay. own goal. Yep. Okay, but that wasn't the group stage, so that wasn't the group stage. <laughs> no, but but Argentina's group stage would have looked a whole lot different if they didn't make those changes and and give Enzo, give McAllister, give Julian Alvarez uh, the license to, to play ball. Uh, so it was a great, great, great um, decision crazy. from Scaloni because otherwise they would have been Maybe, yeah. maybe out of the tournament. Ah, without Enzo, I think I could see that, man. Those goals inspired a lot. Those two goals that were crucial. So, like, the best yeah. 11 of the group stage, my 11 has Chesney in goal, left-back Theo, then center-backs Konate and Kvardio, and at the right, Akimi. And then my midfield, Chouameni, Kazmir, and Brun Fernandes, two Man United players, and the three forwards with Mbappé <laughs> at left wing, Messi false nine, and at the right, Cody Gakpo, man. What a player. That's my best 11 of the yeah. group stage. <laughs> All right. Well, my best 11 doesn't look too insanely different. But my best 11 is Chesney at Chesney and goal. Teo at left back. Gavardiol and Koulibaly uh, as my center back pairing. My right back is Akraf Hakimi. Mm -hmm. uh, my midfield is Casemiro, Shuameni, and Bruno. Sounds like, you know, similar to yours. <laughs> and then my uh, front three is Mbappe with Messi at the false nine as well. Um, and I'm going with Hakim Ziyech as my right winger. Love um, it. Love it. Love it, it. it was a hell of a group stage, dude. One of my most favorite group stages. And I've been around a little longer than you, <laughs> sir. Uh, so I've, I've seen some group stages, but um, this was a hell of a group stage and, and one that... Um, that I, I'm sad is over. I've got I've got here in the notes saying like the World Cup until now has been so exciting to watch, man. It has really been, yeah. and there's been 
disappointments. There's been bold moments with Japan. Morocco inspiring the nation. Like Saudi Arabia maybe going through people, everyone on edge. Costa Rica <laughs> even putting everyone yeah. on edge with a squad that's eight years older. Man, everything. And Germany upset. like And Belgium upset. So much happened My in goodness. this World Cup. But I have a question here, and it's because of the proposal for 2026. Yeah. We're going to have a different World Cup with 48 teams in the next World Cup. Okay, people? And there's a proposal that... I put down below which type of World Cup would you prefer because in the World Cup it's being discussed to have a system with 16 groups, three national teams, mm -hmm. with 12 groups, with four national teams, like it is, like similar to what it is now, but just with more teams, or yep. two groups with 24 teams in the two groups. So what would you think would be Oof. the best system for the World Cup? I really don't want the two I groups. I don't want the two. I, I don't either. And and I think this this leads to a broader conversation that we need to have about the Champions League because the Champions League is essentially you know getting rid of these group group of fours as well and doing very similar stuff. Um, but listen, the if there's one thing that this World Cup did reaffirm, it's that the groups of four um, really does lead to a lot of intrigue. Um, and and you have. You have like a, a little bit of a balance between player personnel, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can't quite start the same lineup um, every game. So there needs to be a little testing of the depth. Um, so we saw some flat out blowout wins and we saw some really close and amazing upsets mm -hmm. um, and some amazing group games. And I think if you get rid of that, um, and, and I get it, there's a little bit of like what we know, we don't like change, but it it gets it, it just kills it for me. And again, this is where the old head in me comes out and says, I remember in 1994 when there were groups of four, but the USA escaped their group by finishing third and going into a pool of best place, third place teams. <laughs> so I am going to say that I would rather, if there needs to be change, if we're adding in 48, you know, if we're going to have 48 teams. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to preserve the four groups. I'm sorry, the 12 groups of four okay. and just add back in the best third, third place team groups because you still get the desired outcome of the best of 32 knockout round, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you still preserve what people know, uh, which is those group groups of four uh, in the group stage. I think either of the other ones are ridiculous kind of far end uh far end of the spectrum types of change that is maybe too soon when you're adding in 16 new teams okay. i understand that i understand that point of view and i agree with you <laughs> i would go with the 12 groups okay. for national teams but people tell us down below what would you like to see the next format to be in 2026 down below for the world cup so Ooh. Yee! We got news outside of the World Cup. Little tidbits that we want to mention. I want to say <laughs> here, this went through a lot of people, but Pep Guardiola has announced that he's going to be at Man City until 2025. Another extension, which is not good for the likes of Liverpool and Arsenal that are trying to compete with Man City because, oh my days, man. Pep Guardiola wants to have a legacy like, Pep, uh, like Ferguson. <laughs> Like Ferguson, yeah. as it seems. Like, oh my days, man. Like, he's going to yeah. win it all. He's going to win it all. <laughs> or, or, or counterpoint, is this going to be uh, an instance where Pep Guardiola overstays his welcome? Mm. 
um, where where it becomes what is it? You uh, you live long uh, enough. Uh, you're the, the hero long enough. You live you live long enough to become the villain, right? I don't think um, that's the case. I think so I don't think it's the, the case either. Very well, like Julian Alvarez, like. Even when I know Erling Haaland is going to be like a Man City legend, he's going to score, he's going to break records, so many records yeah. in the Prem. But like Julian Alvarez is just in the pipeline. And Alvarez would uh, start for easily a 75 to 80% of the Prem teams. No doubt. Even at Arsenal, I might say that Alvarez would have a maybe a chance to be ahead of Gabriel Zouch. Because look at Alvarez uh, for Argentina. Look at Gabriel Zouch yeah. for Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and 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 what a piece of business too right what a piece of business to get the aranya uh for what like 19 19 million euros and i think that's over over uh valuing what it was what it actually cost um but i it, it's all really interesting here because i don't think obviously and, and maybe this is stating the obvious i'm sorry mm. but pep guardiola would not have extended right if his erling holland Julian Alvarez, you know, if this start of the rebuild didn't show early dividends or didn't True. pay early dividends, right? Um, because he's now got like this, he, he might, he's got this renewed vigor mm. when it kind of comes down to this because like now he's looking at it like Holland hasn't been busted up yet to the point where he's missing three months for me. Exactly. Julian Alvarez is going bold at the World Cup. Um, I can make these drastic changes and they are so far panning out. And we're in the knockout rounds of the world of the um, mm-hmm. Champions okay. League, um, and we're we're pretty dang close uh, and within shooting distance at the top of the prep. And Bernard so, Silva stayed. Bernard Silva stayed. And Bernard Silva stayed. And yeah. that's huge yeah. for them. And you got Gundogan it too is. there. Like that for me, it's like the amount of options that Man City has is ridiculous. And this yeah. this extension too gives me a guarantee that next summer. Man City is going to go so bold in the transfer market. We can all see what's going to happen. Bernard Silva might leave. Gundogan might leave. But who's coming? Jude Bellingham, there's a proper chance that he can come. Enzo Fernandez, there's a proper chance Ooh. he can come. One of these two midfielders, I expect to arrive to Man City next summer. And that's going to be a proper signing in midfield that will make huge turbulence Ugh. huge turbulence Kadri yeah. and Jude or Enzo like oh, that, like that's that's so good yeah so good of options man yeah but yeah, yeah I got Jude Bellingham and, and, written down here like no Real I don't believe he's going to Real Madrid Jude Bellingham you I know I, no 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 there's a lot of news about mm. that but I, I, th- I think Jude Bellingham's first option the best sporting option, like in terms of sp- the best sporting decision for Jude Bellingham would be go to Man City, in my opinion. The mm. one that he could become mm. the biggest icon is Liverpool. But I don't know if Liverpool can compete with the likes of Man City's investment and United's too and Real Madrid. So, yeah, I prefer Enzo to go to Real Madrid. Per- per- yeah. Personal choice. Personal choice. Uh, well, <laughs> I that'll be that'll be um, definitely something we're going to be watching because and, Jude, uh, you know, I just see for some reason he's just a natural fit at Liverpool, but we'll see if it actually happens. And even like, and why I don't say Real Madrid for Jude, it's because like even if he goes to the Prem, like I could mm-hmm. see Jude then going to Real Madrid, and if Jude Bellingham goes to the Prem first, that gives time for yeah. him to go with Jamal Musiala one day. 
At the oh same my. time, that would be like Galacticos, like Ronaldo, Kaká, Benzema. Like imagine yeah. if Jude Bellingham, Jamal Musiala, and Erling Haaland all went all went at the same time to Real Madrid. The effect yeah. to join Chuameni, Vinicius, the youth that would be that would be shockwaves in the world. It, any, yeah. Like oh, it would be crazy, man. And that, and that's where factoring in and actually talking about how young Jude Bellingham still is, right? <laughs> is like it's just it's absolutely bonkers that this guy is leading the line, not leading the line, but leading the midfield um, for England, mm-hmm. uh, and he's also leading the midfield for Borussia Dortmund. And he four years from now, uh, he's not even going to crack twenty five years old, and he can make another big sporting decision uh, at that point in time, and it wouldn't be that crazy, Jesus. you know? True. So true it wouldn't mm. and like liverpool again that's it's all or nothing for liverpool all or yeah. nothing if Klopp doesn't get the midfield sorted it's going to be a very tough season until the end for jurgen Klopp at liverpool like and mo salah's yeah. not in the world cup too so mm, mo salah we might yeah. see i flip the switch in the premier league yeah so that well happen you too. know if there's one thing uh, to go back to the U.S. men's national team for a second, like if there's one thing that has become incredibly clear for me, uh, it's that there's probably not any room for Christian Pulisic uh, to remain at Chelsea. Um, but at least you got to think that he's given himself his best shot um, at landing a team within the next month or so. Um, I, I honestly believe, you know, with Todd Bowley, uh, we're going to talk about Christopher and Kunku, um, (laughs) and, and him pull, yeah. And him pulling, um, putting together as many resources as possible to make them, uh, relevant or keep them relevant. Um, Christian Pulisic has to leave Mm -hmm. and he needs to, he needs to go somewhere where there's guarantees that he's going to play where he needs to play. Not this wingback crap, not this, you know, what, whatever it is you need for the Mm -hmm. team. Christian, you're at the point in your career where you need to play, where you need to play in order to show up every day and deliver. Because he showed he can deliver for the U.S. Mm-hmm. He showed he can deliver for and the he U.S. he will develop into um, a better player if he goes to the likes of Juve, AC Milan, and he is yeah. the guy of the team. Or Newcastle yeah. even. I'd love to see Newcastle just splash in the cash next summer, next summer or January. Say, James yeah. Madison. You come to us. Christian Pulisic, you come to us. Everyone mm. that is a top player that's not performing at the high level, just come to us. <laughs> I come on see, down. I can see Newcastle doing that type of stuff, man. So, yeah, Christian Pulisic, I completely agree with you. I completely agree. I, and I, you can, might- see, uh, I can see Christian Pulisic forming a nice little partnership with Alex Isaac. <laughs> another guy that has another guy that has to get off the ground for Newcastle to kind of take a take a step to another level. Um, but come on, Bruno Pulisic, uh, you know, uh, Isaac Joelinton. at his best. Joe jo- I mean, um, <laughs> I, hey, come on, I love it, I love Trippier. it. I, we'll, we'll see Trippier on the on the right. Pope, um, that team is really good, man. I Newcastle, we're fun. huge fans. We're huge fans. Botman, right decision. <laughs> they still didn't overspend. They still didn't yeah. overspend. And that's going to be the talk when we come back to football talk after the World Cup. But my last shouts. Yeah. In tra- no, 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 not last shouts. Because Nkunku you mentioned. Yes, Nkunku is going to Chelsea. Yes. Close to 70 million. And this, these are the type of moves that give guarantees. Much better than Raheem Sterling. Okay. I think this shows that Raheem Sterling is not the choice to be the main man at Chelsea. And I could see mm. Guardiola joining okay chelsea too 
two players from RB Leipzig joining Chelsea in the next year, as it seems. And they need a left center back. And Joško Kvardiel would be the perfect, perfect decision to, uh, to go to Chelsea. So, yeah, I could see those two. Could see those two. Because they're not going to win the Bundesliga. No, no, they're they're not. But my my goodness, with that raid RB Leipzig, uh, and put them put them back a few years uh, for sure. So but I Werner. can't imagine if you're if you're already losing in Kunku. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, but they do they do have a tilt where they they want to you know they want to blood young players. <laughs> I know Kunku's not under twenty three anymore, but Gavardial, um I just wonder who would who would be next there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you buy a you buy Strahinja Pavlovich from Red Bull Salzburg. Ooh, like that. you buy you know yeah I, I, he's not obviously Gavardial is a whole lot more mobile than Pavlovich is, but he's Pavlovich is probably the only Serbian player that actually uh, asserted himself well mm-hmm. in this World Cup. Um, but yeah, RB Leipzig would that would be insane, probably for like 120 million plus, but to mm-hmm. lose in Kunku and Gavardial. Oof, that would hurt. It'd be tough. It'd be tough, definitely, definitely. So mm. my last shouts in the in the pod, I want to say, people, yeah. Gustav Scarpa has arrived to the Prem, and this is a name that you must pay attention. Bald out sure. at Palmeiras with Abel Freire, and I really think you'll have a positive impact for Nottingham Forest. Gustav Scarpa, very intelligent player on ball and off ball. I really like this player. Yeah. And my last shout is. Ruben Emery has extended his contract at Sporting until 2026. And he does this because yep. there's no vacant spot in the top six of the Prem. And he's got a release clause of 30 million people, okay? The Sporting manager. Yeah. And I can fully... I now, And I fully believe Ruben Emery will only leave Sporting if a, a team play, pays that release clause of 30 million. And I could see one day Arsenal... Chelsea, Man City, Man United, maybe having that need of replacing their managers with a manager like Ruben Emery that trusts the youth and can win titles. So, yeah, yeah. that's a great decision from him, in my opinion. You know, not, not to get off topic here, but Arsenal's going to need to find <laughs> a striker unless they think Eddie Nketiah can do it because uh, mm. Gabriel Jesus being out for three months or so. Yep. Ooh, that hurts. And that hurts. Zuz, like for Brazil is not the same player. Like that just shows like no. raw player Gabriel Zuz, no tactics of Mikel Arteta. He's not as good as Dusan Vlahovic 100%. So if <laughs> Arsenal wants to be not just the Premier League winning team, a Champions League winning team that I'm sure Mikel Arteta has those ambitions, it's not with Gabriel Zuz as striker in my opinion. He'll, they will have yeah. to get a player like Vlahovic, a player like Holland, I know it's way off, but Julian Alvarez yeah. would even be good, better, in my opinion, than Gabriel Sush. So yeah, yeah. well, uh, and and again, not to not to go backwards in time and rewind here, but uh, the Gustavo Carp- Scarpa, <laughs> I, I'm I'm sure this is Nottingham Forest's like 24th or 25th signing. This is literally the only one <laughs> that actually makes me excited. Yep. It is like the it is the first one that makes me excited. Why? Because this guy is a proven reason why Paul Marish has been so good in the Copa Libertadores, Fuck. has been pretty good in the Brasilia Rao, mm-hmm. um, and he has been one of the biggest reasons Abel Ferreira has continued to have success um, there. So, I, I mean, this logically, uh, there's no guarantee it pans out in the Premier League, 
but he could wind up being the guy that 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 is one of the reasons why Nottingham Forest maybe doesn't get relegated this season. <laughs> but why did it take him 24 signings uh, to make this one that makes the most sense out of all of them? You <laughs> know. True. So, um, and then the last thing I got to bring up because we because of the World Cup and the craziness around it. You mentioned previously the, the the future of the U.S. team, right? Mm-hmm. And where it's coming and names we should see. And obviously because Brendan Aronson was okay for the U.S. in the World's Cup and obviously a big part of the reason why they qualified for the World's Cup in the first place, uh, I don't know if I ever really got a chance to mention that his brother, 19-year-old Paxton Aronson, has mm-hmm. made his decision and has moved on in a, in a pretty low kind of money, yes. uh, a, a high potential reward type of signing that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, Paxton Aronson is going to be working in the dual 10 system um, at Eintracht Frankfurt in the German Bundesliga, and I am here for that. And I hope it works out because we need the more creativity that we can build and foster and, and give chances to uh, the better. And Paxton's got it in spades. The only thing he's missing and was missing at the Union was the ability to do so because the Union are stacked um, at the 10 with Gazdog. So go on. Godspeed, Praxton Aronson. <laughs> I hope you do well. And hopefully we get a chance to talk to him soon. Been trading DMs with him, and I hope it happens. Uh, maybe we can get him on the pod to just chat a little bit about what the future uh, for the U.S. team um, looks like. Uh, in, the, in the near it. future. Love so, yeah. Paxton Aronson, man. He's going bull to Frankfurt. Right decision. Yeah. Let's see if it goes better than Pepe at Augsburg, man. I <laughs> hope so. Now in the end of the visa, doing much, much better. But people, much tell better. us down below, your your choices, okay, are the best 11 in the group stages. Things that we've missed to talk about in the podcast episode 83 Put down below in the comment section. And if you're listening until now, please do not forget to hit the like button. It's a huge help for us, like at FC Wonder Kid. Don't forget mm-hmm. to subscribe at FC Wonder Kid on YouTube. And thank you, people, for going bold another episode. <laughs>